Support for Brewed Up comes from Simi Valley Homebrew Shop. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop is located in Simi Valley, California, and is one of the only homebrew shops in the Ventura County. Open seven days a week, the shop is packed with everything you need to make your own beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop also offers shipping nationwide. Visit simivalleyhomebrew.com to browse all available items and to place a pickup order for all recipes and equipment. Thank you for tuning in to Brewed Up, a podcast where two L.A.-based female homebrewers chat, laugh, and learn about craft beer, homebrewing, and whatever else comes to mind. Tyler and Lori both have brewed many styles of beer, cider, and meat, and are always up for experimenting. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, HoppedLA.com, and wherever else you like to listen. Now here's the show. Take two. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Brewed Up, a podcast about home brewing and other things. Today, we are going to taste some tasty ciders and discuss making them and choosing yeasts. But before we get into that, let's have a homebrewery update. (laughs) A homebrew update. We are working on getting a jingle for all that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, our homebrewery update is brought to you by BSG Handcraft producers of the grain father mm-hmm. the grain father has calculators uh in the app that allow you to automatically calculate how much water you will need to run your mash and your sparge easily scale your recipes from one gallon all the way up to 400 gallons in case you need that much beer <laughs> adjust your brewing water to match your source water profile and last but not least compare your recipe to bjcp style specifications the Grainfather. Sounds sick. Now, it does sound very sick, very technical, very awesome. And soon we'll be able to play with one. Mm-hmm. So, Lori, what's going on at Cimarron Street's finest? Well, over the holiday weekend, I brewed a cute little smash beer that stands for single malt and single hop beer i made an american pale ale and by the way for all you um people who started home brewing maybe you have a kit maybe you haven't brewed in a while highly recommend biab if you're looking to step into um all grain brewery and i also i really want to get behind a three gallon batch i think it's fabulous it's easy to bottle you can buy two and a half gallon kegs no one's going to force you to drink five gallons of beer it's so cute and perfect i love it And also, I did encounter the cold break is really weird. I might post it on our Instagram page. It it really does look like a biology experiment. So more on that. And I also used um, Mangrove Jacks 
West Coast Ale Yeast, courtesy of our sponsor, BSG Handcraft. So thank you, BSG Handcraft. That's awesome. Um, I do agree with you uh, with the three-gallon BIAB. I actually... I, 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 I was doing that for a while and I still, I still have the kettle and the uh, equipment to do so. And I, I do think it's a good, um, intro like scale because one gallon is like a little bit too little. I mean, it's good, but you come out with eight bottles and then you want to share it. And then all of a sudden you don't have any. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even with five gallons now, I I've been sharing it. I'm like, God damn, I'm out. But three gallons is a great scale. I don't care what anyone says. And I, I'm glad you're enjoying that uh that all grain um BIB scale. Also, the cold so the cold break is interesting. Like to me, I do get a little bit of cold break in my fermenter sometimes, but I think if you truly want to try to get rid of something like that that's where like a a whirlpool step comes in Hmm. and that will really like people always ask me like how to get such clear wart into your thing i'm like i whirlpool at least a couple times so i whirlpool if i'm doing hops hold on what what is whirlpool like (laughs) what is that even i've seen you with a drill before saying the world's whirlpool and i was like hmm I'm going to continue drinking your beer over here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is like something that commercial breweries do that mm-hmm. for some reason, home brewers feel like they needed to, mm. to take on, but it helps with, so first of all, there's whirlpool hop additions, which you're basically just throwing it in as the thing is whirlpooling. Um, I think that's whirlpooling did not come from a hop addition thing. So commercial breweries will like, like turn on a pump and start whirlpooling their wort and that helps with like clarification and it also helps with chilling down the wort i mean they're dealing Mm -hmm. with like hundreds of gallons of beer so for me i mostly use it to help clarify because at a certain temperature if you spin it around and like let it sit all that shit will like really drop to the bottom so you're not picking Mm -hmm. it up which is nice so that is how i i get super clear wort into the fermenter but sometimes i do suck that in to the fermenter and it's like not a big deal there's a lot of nutrients in there i think your yeast will be happy and it'll drop out i mean what does i it mean look i'm like not now? gonna lie it's literally almost half the fermenter when i put it to the i was like that's a lot what's the story well what, what and it also it like the other thing about a three gallon i mean everyone be like why would you do a three gallon you could just do a five gallon you could do a ten gallon three gallon less time to boil, less time to get your strike water, less easier to cool that much on your own, lift it on your own in a sink on your own. So it's like, that's why I mean, it's perfect for someone who's like learning, trying something new, but I also use the wharf lock. And I also got this three gallons of hot ass wort down to like 80 degrees in about half an hour, 40 minutes, just in my sink with ice packs. So Nice. Something kind of cool about that. But yeah, I'll I'll post a picture of my cold break and we can we can keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to do another three gallon because that's that's really if I'm doing like a weird sour beer. I mean, 
not this barrel situation, but if I want to do like a small batch of a weird bacteria something or the other, that's that comes in handy. So yeah, definitely a great well, cool. approach for testing a new recipe too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I like El Dorado hops too. I love them. They remind me of Lake Tahoe. <laughs> That's an Eldo Uh What's up with you? What's your homebrew update, my friend? Oh, gosh. I probably should have thought about this before we sat down mm. and started talking. But <laughs> um, so I, the last thing I brewed was a cream ale that came out. Sorry, excuse me. Um, pretty good, pretty clean, pretty crisp, uh, super simple recipe. It's literally two row flaked corn and, and brown sugar and brown sugar was an accident because I thought I had normal sugar and I was like, oh shit on the brew day. And all I had was like a block of brown sugar. So I was like, fuck it, it'll work. And, um, I don't know if that added any flavor to it, but, um, anyway, I threw in, uh USO5 and a saf lager yeast. So I mixed an ale and a lager yeast and oh. fermented at 16. It it came out really lager like, so I'm pretty stoked mm-hmm. about it. Um so that came out pretty good. And then tomorrow I'm gonna rebrew the hazy orchata. And uh I as of as of today, obviously those will come out next week, but you guys mm-hmm. will probably see posts about me rebrewing the hazy i'm actually going to use a different yeast because i didn't have we don't have the yeast that i used last time i'm going to use dry hop from imperial so that's going to be interesting i love imperial but i also feel like imperial's yeast is like so aggressive you know really (laughs) yeah so aggressive that's good Uh, right yeah and i have a couple I have a couple like constructional experiments going on in my I'm trying I'm basically trying to set up a brew stand so it's a lot easier on my brew day. So um yeah, hopefully that'll come together nicely, but yeah. I'm down. I had that cream ale. You made me drink it like at nine in the morning <laughs> when I came over to drop some stuff off. And it was delightful, crisp. Yeah, it's very, I think people think like cream ale, they're like, oh, is it sweet? Is it creamy? It's like, no, it's kind of like a Bud Light or Budweiser, yeah, you know? Light lager type of thing. Light beer. It's like, yeah, it's like America's answer to Germans coming over and doing lagers in America. Yeah. Like that's the- like what we were doing before, like refrigeration or I don't know. I just, I guess that I just made that up. Yeah, <laughs> you did. It's basically the that's I I don't know that's the history quote unquote. Well, the well that. the name is you know kind of leads you in a different direction. Doesn't have lactose or anything in it, and it's I don't know. I've had a it's, great cream ale and nitro. It does taste creamy, but like Mother Earth makes their Cali cream in, which is Ugh. a little sweet. I like that beer, but then the last couple times I've had it, no offense, Mother Earth. But it just tasted crazy. I'm not gonna lie, a little too vanilla-y. But that sucker on nitro, yes, please. Yeah. Also, Russell Cream Ale from Canada. If we have any Canadian listeners, so good. I love it. What are you I drinking? Go to Canada so bad. Me too. So anyway, I guess uh, that's our homebrew update. Mm-hmm. And 
If you follow us on Instagram, we have all sorts of crazy <laughs> brewery posts, especially in our stories. Good ones, mm-hmm. bad ones, but we love interacting with you guys. So yeah, follow I matched in too high. I shared it on internet on the inter- <laughs> on the interwebs Instagram. So look, it'll at be me. it'll be beer. It'll mm-hmm. be beer. Someone will drink it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get into it. What are you drinking? Do you like it? What's happening? All right. So we're on this episode, we're talking about ciders. And so I am drinking a cider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm actually drinking a Cimarron Street's finest cider, which those are my fave. They're the the best on the planet. No one beats it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. so this one is actually called WAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a crazy picture of Cardi B on the bottle. No, there is me. not. <laughs> <laughs> it stands uh, for Wild Apple Passion Fruit. Yeah, it's good. Think? I love it. I there's a. It smells like. It smells like kind of funky, but also I can smell the passion fruit. I know passion fruit for some people, like it's either like really good or like it smells weird. But to Mm -hmm. me, it smells good. But I I smell it. Um, The taste is like surprisingly super clean. Um and uh, there's like a nice like, yeah, there's definitely a nice fruitiness, but it's pretty dry. It's not sweet. Um, I love it. I think it's very balanced and I- I'm enjoying it. So can you tell us a little bit how- about how this cider came to be? Yeah. So that one was an experiment. I made that off of just I just did one gallon and I reused wheat, blah, reused yeast. What I'm drinking right now is Wap's mommy. Um, so I, we went down and we pressed, I pressed juice and it had, you know, the yeasts already on it and I fermented it and then saved the yeast hit and then reused that in that cider that you're drinking. So, um, wait, tell us more about this cider pressing experiment, experiment, experience. We've discussed it. It's um, <clears throat> Raging Cider in San Marcos, and the guy sources all kinds of cool apples, mostly cider apples, like sharp apples, uh, tannic apples, sour apples that actually tend to make really good ciders. Ciders that are made from like table apples, very sweet apples, don't always translate well after fermentation, um, in my opinion. Um so we pressed it. I took the juice home and I it's I let it start to ferment on its own. And then I added a little bit of um, Cotes de Blanc, but not a lot. So it's more of a house blend. And then afterwards, I took that yeast, put it in a container, you know, I think what they call reusing it. I don't think I washed it because I just decanted off the cider and drank it. And then poured it, pitched, pitched that same <laughs> thing back into um, actually just commercial store-bought 
apple juice and passion fruit juice, like a half and half mix. Pitch that crazy hippie yeast and let it go. I'm, I was really surprised. Like it was clean, but also funky. And that's kind of, um, that's kind of Spanish style, clean and funky yeasts fermented at room temp. I'm happy with it. But like I said, only made a gallon. But I do have a weird yeast thing in my fridge that I might I might throw it on something else. You never know. That's cool because, I mean, that wild yeast that I <clears throat> uh, caught at my dad's farm that I put into that beer and then uh, the, the one that I put into the barrel. I guess it's like technically a third of what's in the barrel. It was so clean. And I was like kind of sad about it not sad but i was like man i want to just have a little bit more character but maybe it'll develop like over time but um what did the so the one that you're drinking is like the original pressed Mm -hmm. do you just kind of like let it ferment like how what what are you getting from from that one this one i did do some experiments with it and another i like you know pulled a pulled some to the side and I added um, bergamot oil. I was curious if that would be interesting. What is that? A bergamot is a citrus fruit and it's kind of the flavor behind Earl Grey tea. It's like, um, I don't know, a citrus flavor, almost kind of lavender citrusy flavor. Uh, okay. It's sort of like a grapefruit, I believe. Uh, so I used that um, like a food-based additive. I was just testing flavors. Um, I really liked it. Citrus doesn't always carry very good. So I was curious. So I, this one I like. The other thing is I've just kept it. I packaged this one still. It wasn't sparkling like a wine. Pardon me. And it's kept pretty well just in a growler in the fridge. So it's been there for a month and I take tugs off of it every once in a while and no oxidation, just making it work. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. you, yeah, you did, you're saying you didn't carbonate it; you just had it from straight from the fermenter. Mm-hmm. I'm a I mostly will carbonate everything because I that's my preference. But this one, I was I had run out of bottles actually, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna put it in a growler," and I put it in like a a growler <clears throat> with one of those plastic lids that kind of goes inside. I don't know why yeah. it made a difference, but yeah, I, I just put it in there. And let it kind of condition for a little bit. And then the bergamot oil does kind of float on the surface. That's that's not cool. That would not fly in a competition or in a tasting room or commercially. But I think it's like, I think it's very delightful to drink personally. I like it. Hmm, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one's great. I, I kind of would like to, to, obviously, it sounds like you're probably almost done with that one, but. I would like to taste that one wild. You have some. We're going to taste it on another episode. That's the F.O. It's all over the place. I got a bunch of that. Yeah, wait. (laughs) I thought you said you made. Okay, so never mind. You had like a five gallons of that. So I'm tripping. All right. Yeah, I've I've given that out. So the thing about like cider is for me, especially living in L.A., um, my access to fresh pressed juice is limited and even Mm -hmm. around here most of the apples people are growing for you know to be table apples we don't grow a lot of cider apples out here so 
it's uh, kind of got to get creative to make something that's that's interesting and doesn't taste. Like I personally, there's a lot of commercial ciders I do not care for. I like things that are dry. I like things that are not too high in ABV. Um, so what I do is what, and what I've kind of been doing over the years is trying to figure out different ways to take something common, store-bought juice, and to make it crazy. So saving the yeast from that, I think, is kind of a way to carry that natural tear into the cider, which is kind of like the earthiness. Tail wall. Something from freaking Kroger or whatever. Another <laughs> thing you can do. So yeah, that was a wild, kind of Kro- a wild. Kroger does reuse. not sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I love Kroger products. The other, I do the other yeast I gave you, uh, or the, another cider I gave you is, um, I use Bell Saison, which we discuss all the time. And I still can't believe you haven't used that yeast. All my Bell Saison. I know, Saison I know. I got, I got some, I got some, I got some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get it together. I'll do a cider so, experiment with it. Yes. So uh, the Lalamand, how do you say it? Lalamand. Bell Saison is, if you're at home, you're going to go to Kroger, you want to go make some cider, try to get that yeast. It's so interesting. Also, you can ferment it at warmer temperatures. A lot of cider yeasts are, is it clear? What's up? Yeah, it's clear, but there's a big boy yeasted at the bottom. So You're welcome. Yeah. Get get all my u- nutrients from Cimarron Street's finest. Uh, I think that's a great way to um, take something common and give it some character. And a lot of um, wine yeasts that are uh, used in cider making can ferment at higher temperatures. So you could be making this, you know, I wouldn't say over the summer. That's might be a little too hot, but you can use your ambient temperature in your home and still be happy with the results as saison yeast is like high 70s um oh yeah saison can go into the 80s and it's like chill oh yeah 80s this looks gorge i wish i got a a better picture with the that head retention so this one the base is actually um organ from Oregon. It's some fresh juice I got from some people. And the majority of the apples in that juice were table apples. So it was like a very, very sweet juice. The bricks was like, it was pretty sugary. So I was like a little bit like, uh. um, but I did a full five gallons on Bell Saison, just one pack ripped right through. Good to go head to toe. I loved it. And I have a whole keg of that right now, which I'm pretty happy about. All right, I'm gonna. I just poured some. It's very fizzly. It, mm-hmm. It's. It sounds amazing. It smells oh, great. And I have some right mm. here. Oh wow! I like that. It like fizzles in my mouth. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to see what kind of flavors I'm getting. Yeah, there's definitely like a Belgian-y. I know Alex is going to rip rip me a new one, but That's an official word. It's an I'm sorry. I mean, it's if you Tell say Belgian word to use instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know I know what, what it means. means. 
but it's not like phenolic or anything it's just there's like a nice like chill mm-hmm. belgiany flavor to it and mm-hmm. um i mean look at this fucking the head retention baby yeah that's pretty good for a cider actually yeah it's super clear very crush very crushable yeah good shit that worked out nice the thing about um well something about yeast is you know different the manufacturer will give you a range of what you should be fermenting it at but within that range you can detect differences so i've used i've done like kind of a cooler fermentation with a saison yeast or says i don't know i'm not saying it. anyway i've done cooler fermentations i taste so. it differently a warmer fer- fermentation it definitely starts to like hitting those belgiany notes a little minnows or whatever so it just it kind of all depends that's that's why i think cider is like a lot like wine i mean breweries are spending a lot of money on fermentation control and you do need, you need that 64 degrees if you want a nice ale or whatever, but cider is more like wine and you don't, they're not, wineries are not tripping on fermentation control. They're like, we're taking the grapes from this year and based on the weather and our, what we have set up, this is what you're going to get. And that's a cool part. It's like a little snapshot into a place in time, the earth organics this and that and that's what i've you know uh i don't brew much cider i don't brew much wine i don't brew much mead but from working at a homebrew store those three things i think have a lot of crossover in terms of like you know how they're treated like even like you know chemically how what kind of yeast are used um you know, their fermentation, like, whatever, I guess, like, maintenance and stuff like that. So, um, it's interesting. I mean, I guess, so we'll get into the third or third type of yeast you use, but you, 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 you have used wild yeast, and mm-hmm. Bell Cezanne is technically a, a beer yeast. Mm-hmm. Have you used other types of beer yeast on? Yes. Definitely. Um, and I just remembered a term that I wanted to, to say, but I couldn't think of it. Um, there's a word called tailwall and it's used in the wine world and it has to do with like the climate, the soil and the conditions and how it speaks to the end product. And cider is like that as well, especially since you're getting like apples and you may or may not ferment it certain ways. So it has that in common and can be considered that, um, Yes, I have used beer yeast. Um, let's see, I've used Kvike. Mm, well, okay. I actually haven't t- I haven't tasted those yet. Um, I've used O five. Yeah, no, it, I didn't. My coworker used Kvike uh, in a cider, and it, it came out pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't tried it yet. When I I tasted it while packaging, it, it to me it just kind of seemed more straightforward it wasn't necessarily uh, i guess it depends on which what strand of kvike you use because like obviously the whole the whole draw is like yeah you can ferment this at 200 degrees and it'll taste like a lager it's like you know if you're i'm assuming with a cider you're looking for something that has a little bit more character and so 
which I know there's Kavike strands that have a bit more character. You just have to, I guess, figure out which ones those are. Yeah, I mean, both of those, I I was just, like, not, not super impressed with the results. Not, like, in a bad way, just more like, eh. And then thought, well... I want maybe I'll mess with it. So one of them I dumped cherries on, and then another one I dumped um, lemongrass in. So we'll see. Uh, I've used O5 and actually just tried that one recently. It lacked for me just using like a straightforward clean ale yeast. The cider lacked uh, some of the floral notes that make, in my opinion, cider so in- fun to enjoy. Um, It just tasted more like a sweet, and it was, it didn't get all the sugars out. So it also had like a residual sweetness, which I'm not a big fan of, Um, but I dry hopped it. So it's fine. Like everyone can relax. It's something. I wonder if you used, so obviously Belle Cezanne is a Cezanne yeast. You're going to get esters, phenols, whatever. Have you ever used like an English beer yeast? Because obviously those are kind of known for giving off like fruity esters a lot of people use those in hazies have you ever used a i haven't used like an english yeast with cider i have used a lager yeast and a cream ale yeast with a malt cider that turned out really good i've used english cider yeast like um i think it's white labs english cider yeast some Mm -hmm. of those uh they're fine just not for me. I think you just need it to be colder to for those yeasts to kind of be at their ideal presentation. That's why I kind of tend to stick to wine yeasts because you don't have to fool with fermentation uh, temperature control as much. Then and that works for me and my situation. So you're saying so obviously like white labs, white yeasts, um, even fermentus they make saff cider. I don't. I, I don't yeah, think I've you used that, that too. But are those, you're saying those are more, you kind of have to keep the fermentation control like a little bit more. Um, I mean, Saf Cider has like a higher, a higher limit. I think you can go up to like 85 with it. And again, it's a really straightforward yeast. Um, it's like, you know, it's good for like, nat- you know, for the processing natural sugars it's kind of like the o5 of of ciders you're not going to get a ton of character but it's it's good to use and like you can use it in warmer you don't have to be so worried about your from your temperature control um and the english Mm. cider yeast i think people like it because its tolerance is higher so if you had a cider with uh, a a bigger starting gravity you might want to consider using an English cider yeast, but you could also use a wine yeast because those are good for larger gravity ciders as well, too. For me, the English cider yeast, um, I mean, it was neither here nor there. I just, I like what I like and I prefer wine yeasts. Well, this is like, so this is interesting because mm-hmm. I, like I told you earlier, I get people coming in to the shop all the time, like, hey, I want to make cider. Like, what yeast do I use? I'm like, uh, you know, it's like you can use cider yeast, you can use wine yeast, you can use mead yeast, you can use champagne yeast. It's like the, you know, when not with 
with beer, you don't have as many options. I mean, look, you can fuck around with beer with wine yeast yeah. and see what happens, but cider is a whole different beast. So, um, so you're saying, I mean, at least from what you've experienced, the cider yeasts that are like actual produced cider yeasts are like, mm-hmm. eh, and you'd rather go with. They're kind of neutral. That's what I'm saying. They're they're, they're neutral. neutral. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I I uh I think the cider yeasts leave more sugars and that's the type of cider that most Americans like are used to drinking. Sweet. Um that's why I like to use the wine yeasts cuz they're just like a little heartier and they eat through things more and they dry it out a little bit more. Um yeah. and you get other characters. I I I the cider specific yeasts to me, I didn't get like the floral notes or the aroma that I personally prefer. And it just depends like what your outcome is. Um, if I, if usually when people come to me and they're like, what yeast? I always recommend a, a Red Star wine yeast because it won't go bad. It's in a packet. Um, pitch it and go. It's You don't have to like warm it up, slap it, rehydrate it. You could put it on almost anything, and usually the results will be great. And then my other practice um, that I stick to is uh, naturally conditioning. I use honey for everything. I naturally condition in the keg. I naturally condition in the bottles. So I try to keep it simple, bottling bucket, package, whether it's a, a bottle or a keg. And so I think I like – I don't know. I like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Bubbles. And like – I mean, so with cider, it's not quite like beer where, you know, you have certain steps that produce certain flavors. It's like you have juice and then you have yeast. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can add fruits, vegetables, whatever you want to add. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like with cider, and correct me if I'm wrong, like yeast is like a very, it's like, obviously, it's important to beer, but it's like super important to cider because it's it's very it's a it's providing a ton of the flavor especially if it's sucking out all the sweetness out of the juice it's like you're kind of depending on your yeast to like you know kick ass a little bit you know yeah i think the your yeast selection you should be based on your preference but you should also consider what you're starting with if you're going if you're going to use some kroger and by the way everybody if you're going to go buy some store-bought juice do it it's super fun just make sure there's no sorbet in it it doesn't even have to be organic just you can really you can buy not organic juice that doesn't have any additives it's available widely but just think about like you know if you're starting with something kind of basic and very sweet you might want to up the ante instead of using a saf cider or an an english cider Yeast, you might want to consider something else just to give interest. If you want to go straight forward, use saf cider or use English cider yeast. Or if you're fresh pressing juice, you might want to consider that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so this my is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my the next thing I want to talk about. Do you have a peach cider with you? Yeah, but I kind of gotta either get another cup or chug one of these. So. What do, you, what do you think? Should I chug the WAP yes. or the Belle Saison? Mm, I, I, bo- I have like 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to chug the bell saison. The bell saison is like so crispy. I love it. it I'm I'm into the dry ciders like you are. So maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about we'll we'll go into this next cider and then maybe you can talk about back sweetening and stuff. But that's mm-hmm. but uh all right. So WAP, because it is such a buck ass cider, we're gonna chug this one and do it. I think it's I only will- like five. I was going to say, what's the what's the ABVs on these? I didn't test that one. I'm guessing. Mama, Mama don't have That's work That's store-bought tomorrow, juice, but... though, so it was nothing crazy. Ooh. Um, By the way, okay, everyone, one... we have pop filters now, so hopefully we sound nice and crisp and I don't sound pop. ashy. And uh, I, I don't know. Hopefully... I don't know. I hope I do. Wait, when I told you, when you got your pop filter, you said you sounded like, or you felt like somebody. Who'd you say? I feel like Howard Stern. (laughs) (laughs) Howard Stern is incredible. I'm a big fan. He's like, I don't know. You can learn so much from him in so many different ways. But yeah, he uses a pop filter from what I can tell. Yeah, a lot of people do, and and shout out to Hop Delay to Gary because mm-hmm. his friend Conrad was actually, uh, who's uh, I guess a very awesome audio mixer and producer. He was like, "Get the pop filters; it'll help." So I really hope it does. But um, all right. So I have the blue cap, which is um the what was it again the this is the peach and dolgo cider so this is a great example of things you can do to um boring old store-bought juice to make your cider pop or personalize it um obviously i used peaches but the dolgo component um there's a, a a cider broker in oregon and he basically, I, I think he has um, his own tree air situation. I can't think, well, I cannot think right now. He's a like cider orchard? broker. He's an, yeah, he has an orchard, I think. But he also um, works Is to broker relationships. No. <laughs> his name, <laughs> Cider Auction on um, Instagram. He's super cool. If you look up Cider op- Auction and you're looking to spice things up, this guy will mail you. Um, for 35 bucks, he will mail you concentrated cider juice. So the juice has been concentrated. Um, either it's like, I'm, I'm assuming it was either separated or boiled down or frozen and then the water removed, but he, he, I get the mail and it's just little container and don't order it in the summer, order it in the winter. Um, and then you can add that to regular store-bought juice. So you're not only bumping the ABV, but you're providing additional interesting character. And you can choose what he has. Like he's on his website. You can just choose whatever. So this is a Dolgo apple, which is a small little cider apple. And I also added peaches. And I also used um, uh, Premier Cuvée. I think, <laughs> or, or Conte Blanc, one of the two, of I, 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 I use the red star, either the green packet or the blue one on this. I can't remember. I think it was the green packet. That's my favorite. Trust me. When you- I look, 
look on our yeast fridge, I'm like, it's a rainbow in here between mm-hmm. Lollamond, Fermentus, and Red Star. It's like fucking rainbow. Um, ooh, yeah. That's good. That's like nice and fruity. I will say the carbonation, I remember you're, you're mentioning you're worried about it. It's a little low. Mm-hmm. Like the Bell Saison carbonation was like spot on. But Yeah, that one I filled from the keg. This peach cider, I actually um, like lagered. So oh, it's wow. about, it's almost, um, I think I made it kind of in May, actually. And it's been lagering for about four or five months. It's January now. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Why did you make the decision to lager a cider? Um, I just wanted to see, like, a cider is one of those things, like, you know how, like, a low ABV beer, you shouldn't age it? But with cider, age it, like, leave it and see what happens. It definitely gets better and better, in my opinion. Um, but this one, um, I just put it in the fridge and left it and then just kept taking tugs off of it it's good i like it a lot yeah and then like once you Um, chill something it's not like you can pull it out and so i'm trying to get through it um i don't have very much left i love this one though it it has the tastes has changed now i think it tastes like a biscuit with jam on it (laughs) wow okay (laughs) so what i mean what 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 even made you use start using champagne yeast for cider because obviously i feel like somebody who starts with cider i mean obviously i don't know how it was like when you started but someone who's like starting to get into the cider game is like oh i'm gonna look for a cider yeast but did you start with champagne yeast or like how yeah. did that i just and started with was- champagne yeast and i've just i haven't really like i said i've tried cider yeast but i always keep going back to the Fermentus, the Red Star brand, to me, it's just always yielded that flavor that I really like. Dry, mm. the floral bits come through, and it's great to use um, <clears throat> if you're going to naturally condition and you want to be sparkly. That yeast really aids to that sparkle. It's pretty ambient. I don't cold crash before I package, so I get lots of yeast in my bottles. And it's good for that second fermentation. <laughs> Cute little yeast babies. Yeast heads. If you I started if, like a weird yeast solera in my fridge. I'm not sure what to do with it. Wait, is that gonna be your house is that your house blend? That's my house blend. Heck and then yeah, sometimes dude. if I if I'm feeling stupid, I'll just like decant a little cider off the top and just see what's up. Wait, how big is it? I should, I need a bigger jar. It's just like a pickle jar right now. <laughs> like a mason jar? Mm-hmm. It's like so half yeast, half juice, or cider, if, I guess. If somebody wanted to have, say, a sweeter cider, so mm-hmm. you like it dry, I like it dry. Mm-hmm. Some people like it a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Is there, there's a back sweetening process. Like, what is that all about? Or do you suggest people just stop fermentation or use a different yeast? Like, what do you think? If you really, truly think you need a sweet cider, you can 
do what's called back sweetening and you need to stop fermentation and then add sugars after that. Because if you wanted to sweeten something and you were fermenting it, the yeast would chew right through it and it wouldn't remain sweet. You could do different things. I've never tried lactose. I've always wondered how, what lactose would do if you wanted to have an, cause I know it's an unfermentable sugar, but most people use, um, potassium sorbate, which is the chemical you put it in your fermenter. You wait like a day or two and that will halt fermentation, kill most of the yeast's function, and then you can add sugar. If you don't add it and then you add sugar, you'll just kick up more fermentation, similar to bottle conditioning. So that's one way to do it. I know some people will use like stevia. I know some people, um, well, sorry, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I'm just not a bad, a, I'm not a fan of sweet cider. I don't think it's necessary. Personally. I know, but some people do. That is so strange, though. Stevia. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like a sugar free sweetener. Yeah. Uh, eh, hey, whatever. Eh. If it does eh. the trick. Do you do you, boo? That's what I say. No, just kidding. <laughs> if you really did want a sweet cider, I was thinking I wanted to make a sweet cider. Um, and so I was going to try that. And then I chickened out at the last minute. <laughs> She chickened out slash she's like, I don't want to waste five gallons on something I'm not going to drink. I want to talk about real quickly uh, ways to bump ABV on your cider. So some people, I I have a lot of people ask me like, oh, I'm going to add sugar. I want to bump the ABV. Personally, I'm not a big fan of that myself. I just think that's something I know, right? Sorry, my cat's in the background licking licking her cha-cha. But (laughs) if you want to bump the ABV, you can add fruit. That does do it a little bit. So if you wanted to add fruit, I added peaches here and it did bump the ABV. I actually measured. Um, you can add apple concentrate, just like I mentioned, you can get a hold of a, you know, apple. What, what did I say his name was? I'm sorry. My brain is melting. Uh, you can go to the apple concentrate black market.edu yes. and, uh, <laughs> Or wait, Flyer Oregon, or what do you say, Canada? Cider auction. Yeah, you can buy concentrate, or you could just go down the freezer aisle, get frozen juice, frozen apple juice, or another type of juice, dump that in with your commercial juice, and then pitch your yeast. So those okay. are a couple of ways to bump your ABV. Some people are like, I'm going to add sugar. Gross. I'm going to add honey. Okay, well, then you're making a sizer. Fine. But if you, I think if you want to be like true to the apple, add apple concentrate. I think that's the way to go or add more fruit. I mean, I think the most fascinating thing to me as a non-cider maker is that there are cider apples and like normal, obviously like any other species of plant or animal, there's going to be several, um, but when you don't think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, there's red apples and green apples and like maybe like a yellow apple. But I remember the other day you started like listing off names of of apples. And I was like, who are you talking about? And you're like, those are apples. Go to Ralph's. I was like, oh, shit. 
So I was impressed. I think that's really cool that there are so many species of apples. Some are yeah. obviously more geared towards cider. Some are more geared towards a snack. Mm-hmm. Some are more geared some, towards pie. Yeah, grow assuming. in different areas more frequently. Yeah. Some are heritage, um, just specifically American, certain regions. Some are brought over. Some are grafted. There's hmm. so much more. I feel like... Yo, they call me the cider queen and I appreciate that, but I still feel like there's a lot to learn and a lot more to make in order to learn. So I have big opinions, but I'm also just really enjoy what I enjoy. So that's why it comes across like that. Don't back sweeten and don't put, <laughs> don't put sugar in your juice. That's not cool, bro. I think what she means to say is try a dry cider first. If you don't like it, back sweeten it. Just try a simple cider. Don't get yeah. cute. Just boom, juice. Yeast. I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember because when it. I when I went to, I made it, but it tasted like a rhino fart, which mm. maybe we can touch on short, like very mm-hmm. quickly. But when I went to London, they have like, uh, like hard cider is a thing in like Europe and yeah. England and stuff, and that was the first time I encountered that. And I had a strong bow and I was like, I, I I wish I remember what it tasted like, but I think it was a little, it was kind of on the sweet end, mm-hmm. but it's like high, it's like probably like a 6%. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but that was the first time I ever had hard cider. And then I came back to LA, graduated from college. I met Cimarron Street Finest and then my world yes. was changed. So upside down, <laughs> but, uh, Anyways, yeah, I've noticed there's a lot more commercial cider production, um, but it's it's a totally different beast. Like some. um, First of all, breweries can't just get into it because you need to have a winemaker's license. The second piece is, like I said, it's it's excuse me, it's terrier. It's reliant on the seasons. Terroir. Isn't it terroir? Terroir. God, I sound like an idiot on this podcast. No, it's okay. I think a terrier is a dog species. They're cute. <laughs> so the piece with that is you can't you can't make a consistent product. You need to like kind of like Sierra Nevada was playing around with making ciders for a while, and they they just they abandoned that. They were like, we can't make it a consistent thing. We don't we don't want to do it. So hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think insider information, by the way. Shushy. <laughs> Shushy. Um, well, we're going to put it on a podcast mm-hmm. that's followed by millions of people. Um, all right. Well, anyways, Lori, uh, I low-key interviewed you, which was awesome because I feel like there's a lot of people that listen that might be interested in hopping in the cider. It's super it's something that's very easy to do and you can have like a five to six percent cider on tap Mm -hmm. within like i don't know four or five days like even faster than that oh (laughs) two days i don't know what are you talking about it takes Uh, about the same amount of time to make is that what you're speaking about yeah yeah is it oh i guess fermentation is probably the same Mm -hmm. okay well The brew day is a lot shorter. Yes. And you come out with amazing alcoholic cider. Mm-hmm. So hard cider. 
Mm-hmm. So we sh- you get you guys should try it. We're yeah. gonna do some uh, video content on yes making cider. Yes, and by the way, I am like I'm not an expert. I've never taken a class. I don't have. I wish I had like a, a cider mentor. I basically just started making a ton of it because I made it once and it was good, and I kept doing it. That's it, girl. You're a pro now. Don't even. Don't. But it even. is so easy. If you're brewing, you could make a cider during the boil and then get mad that it was so simple. Yeah. I mean, I will say mine tasted like rhino fart. So if you have any suggestions for like. Do you know what yeast you used? Additional nutrients. Yeah, it was like a wine yeast. It was probably. Mm-hmm. Was it old? Maybe it was old. Maybe that was the problem. Was it. What was the temperature? Room temp. Hmm. Valley room temp. <laughs> All right. That'll be on the next installment of Cider. <laughs> um, but uh, Lori, uh, thank you f- uh, for your time. Um, oh, wait, your co-host. Right. Um, yeah, I felt like I was interviewing, but that was like a that was like a, <laughs> a really cool interview, I thought. I enjoyed picking your brain about it because I'm intrigued, you know? Yeah, I've got a lot of cider here, and I'm glad that I was able to share and talk about it. Low-key, wish I would write things down more. I do forget a lot. And I wish I would have said the word terroir a different way earlier on in this podcast. Terroir. Do you have any final, uh, I guess, um tips or tricks or suggestions if you make a cider this week next month you could be drinking cider boom (laughs) truth bomb mind blown Mm -hmm. cool well if you guys have any questions about cider please send us questions uh we have a instagram at brewed up podcast we also have a gmail podcast at gmail.com you can send your questions your feedback your negative comments your positive comments your love your hate clown your, photo, your photos of your cats whatever you yes. want to send us um and we will respond to you so thank you so much for listening um is there any last things we need to uh say before we leave or is this thank you for our cats for being in the background and giving Mm -hmm. us entertainment grooming (laughs) always be grooming muchas gracias thank you for listening i'll be taking hope you enjoy we'll be taking shots of these yeast hits shortly (laughs) bye 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 Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Root Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Brewed Up is a hopped LA podcast. The Brewed Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive.